Good morning. Happy Thursday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It means it's time for 10 with Tim. We're going verse by verse right now through the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 26 today, 26 to verse 40. It's the whole story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and I love it. Uh, just love reading it. To, it's, it's one of the stories I learned in Sunday school as a kid, but uh, reading it today, it's just fresh, and I really enjoy it, and, uh, and I appreciate you reading it with me. Um, what do you think? Uh, Philip, we started, you know, in chapter 8 with Philip there in Samaria. Uh, he was doing a great job. Uh, I mean, nothing at all to say except that he's awesome. And then Peter and John come in and, and you know, the whole Simon the Magnificent thing. Uh, Philip kind of disappears, <laughs> you know, from the picture, not literally, but then kind of literally uh, in verse 26. Just as for Philip, an angel of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord, said to him, go south. It just gives him directions where to go, the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, what's amazing in this story, especially just in my reading today, um, I'm just really struck by Philip's listening. You know, everything in this story depends upon what Philip hears. And Philip is amazing at that. Philip hears the angel of the Lord. Philip hears the spirit of the Lord. Philip hears the man reading you know, the, uh, the, the scroll, the scripture of Isaiah out loud and, and then initiates a conversation. Philip hears the man's questions and then ultimately Philip snaps away by the Holy Spirit. It's just his amazing ability to hear. I know lots of us, you know, we worry about evangelism because like, I don't know what to say. But can I just suggest that our problem is not that we don't know what to say, it's that we don't know how to listen. We don't know how to listen. We don't listen to the Spirit. We don't listen to people. And we think that the problem is we don't know what to say. We run our mouths, you know, with great skill. We just haven't yet developed the same skill at listening. Philip is a listener, and it's, a, it's just amazing. Uh, uh, but by the same token, the messenger of the Lord at the beginning, this Holy Spirit, are very active. And you could just read all the way through this and just see the hand of the Spirit in everything. You know, here's water. I mean, you know, like uh, there just happens to be a pool of water, you know, in the desert right at the moment when he needs to be baptized. I mean, it's just like this amazing spiritually orchestrated encounter. At the same time, don't miss the fact, because it's just a basic biblical principle that, you know, the Holy Spirit will do so much. The angel of the Lord can do so much, but they don't preach the gospel. That's Philip's job. Now, the Spirit, you know, at the end of this, literally, you know, picks him up, you know, moves him. I mean, transports him spiritually. He just vanishes, which I think is amazing. I would love to do that just one time. Uh, but uh, at the same time, for all the Spirit's power and all the Spirit's orchestration to bring this uh, amazing man to Christ, uh, at the same time, the Spirit doesn't preach the gospel. That's going to be Philip's job. Uh, so as Philip moves along the road in obedience to the Spirit, uh, he encounters this minister of finance by the Candace of Ethiopia. The Candace. It's not that her name was Candace. It's a common American name. But the Candace was this very powerful, uh, it's a title like Pharaoh, uh, the Candace and Ethiopia is a very powerful queen mother, a, a royal figure. The, the queen mother was always called the Candace. And so the Candace would have this minister of finance. And, and uh, like many uh, of the members of the court of a female, especially a female ruler like that, there were probably eunuchs uh, for the sake that they would be loyal and they would never be any sort of sexual threat. 
And so this man is uh, a eunuch, a financial manager of the Candace of Ethiopia, uh, which makes him a very important man. Also makes him African. Uh, so this technically is the first Gentile convert, if I'm reading correctly, the first, you know, just fully Gentile convert, not a proselyte, like a Gentile proselyte, but this man is probably a God-fearing Gentile, uh, and so probably the first technical Gentile convert, but also uh, Ethiopia would truly represent the ends of the earth. From a Roman perspective, Ethiopia was the end of civilization, the end of the earth, technically, literally, uh, and effectively at that time. So uh, in many ways, you know, this is the Christian mission, you know, rippling out. And now this is the ends of the earth. Not that Philip has gone to Ethiopia, but the gospel is about to go back to Ethiopia because this man's going to take it. Um, so anyway, uh, Philip comes up alongside the chariot. Uh, he hears the man reading out loud. Uh, that's not uncommon in the ancient world. Everybody read out loud. Um, especially the ancient scrolls, uh, because uh, parchment uh, was very, very rare and expensive. Uh, typically, uh, you, know, you wrote with no vowels. You, know, you just sort of put all the letters together, very little spaces. And so you read out loud just to try to make sense. But, but again, reading to yourself is kind of a modern invention. Reading and praying to yourself, that's new. In the ancient world, everybody prayed out loud, read out loud. So this man is reading out loud. Philip hears the man reading. He's reading from the book of Isaiah uh, of the suffering servant led like a lamb to the slaughter. So Philip just asks a question. Uh, do you understand what you're reading? You know, well, what do you think about what you're reading? I mean, he just initiates a question about the scripture. And the man says something amazing. He just sort of says, you know, how can I unless someone instructs me? Uh, is that a real question? You know, how can I unless... Does a lost person really need somebody to read the Bible to them? Um, as I said, the Holy Spirit can do a lot of things, but the Holy Spirit's not going to share the gospel with you. You can find the gospel in Scripture. And I've heard stories of people who kind of lead themselves to the Lord by reading the New Testament. But, but I don't know. All the people I've ever heard who led themselves to the Lord reading the New Testament, they had some sort of Christian witness. It's some sort of Christian you know, witness in the background anyway. Um, a non-believer who doesn't have the Holy Spirit, I, I don't know to what extent they could interpret Scripture. And the other thing to notice is the way this story parallels the story of, of Emmaus, you know, the disciples from Emmaus uh, in, in the Gospel of Luke. Again, Luke writes both stories, and, and these are very parallel. And I didn't see this till today. Now, just beginning to recognize how alike they are. But the way there's this, this encounter on the road as they travel, uh, as they, they go along, they talk about the scriptures. Uh, on the road to Emmaus, the scripture says that Jesus literally opens the disciples' minds, opens their minds so that they can understand the scripture that they've known all their lives. So you need Jesus. Jesus is the key to interpretation. And the unique second question, who's he talking about? You know, well, the answer is Jesus, you know. And so you need, you need Jesus to understand the Old Testament. You need Jesus as the interpretive key. And again, there's this parallel with the road to Emmaus where uh, Jesus himself opens up their minds so they can understand the scriptures. Uh, so as, as far as how a non-believer could could find Christ with just the scriptures. 
I don't know. I, I, I want to think about that some more. Uh, I, I want to think about that some more. I guess the real question, because I'm a pastor dealing with Christians, how many Christians I have who say the same thing? Like, I can't understand the Bible. Are they telling me the truth? Well, that's complicated. Some of them aren't. Uh, for some people, it's just a good excuse to not read. You know, I don't, you know, I can't understand the Bible. You know, and that's their reason not to read it. And that's a lame excuse and I don't buy it. Okay. But secondly, uh, Reading and comprehension are a basic skill that, that some of us can have or lack to certain degrees. Obviously, some people are better just reading and making sense of what they read than others. That's just real. It's a basic skill. So you got to pay attention to people. You know, some people are, are going to do really well with reading and comprehension. Others just probably aren't. And also, I would just say the Bible's unique. It's not like reading, you know, where the crawdads sing. It's not like reading a novel. It's not like reading a cookbook or the TV guide. I mean, it, it, the Bible is a living book. It's unique in all the world. So it's not like reading anything else you read. Um, so I do think that there is something different when it comes to reading the Bible. But I remind you, the key to understanding is Jesus. As a believer with the Holy Spirit, if you understand that Scripture points to Jesus, you can read it, you can understand it, and the Holy Spirit will lead you to full understanding. Um, just uh, a, a couple more things. Like I said, uh, this need for Christian interpretation, I think, is, is, is important. It's one of the themes of the Gospel of Luke. It's one of the themes of the book of Acts. You, you, you do need someone to come back and show you how all the, the Old Testament Scripture points to Jesus. So they ride along, and the eunuch says, Hey, you know, any reason why I can't be baptized right now? And so he is baptized, and when he comes up out of the water, uh, Philip, you know, vanishes like the prophet Elijah or like Jesus at the end of the story of Emmaus, right? I said those stories are kind of parallel. Philip just disappears. Ethiopian returns back home, and Philip uh, ends up uh, somewhere north, gets dropped in Azotus and begins preaching there. Uh, I love that. Uh, I don't think we're going to hear anything else about Philip. Uh, from this point on, the story kind of turns to Saul, and, uh, and it's great. So pick up right there tomorrow, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 19. How was that? Did you enjoy that? Uh, again, uh, I, I, I like that story a lot. I've read it all my life, but today it's just a, a little bit new. I love knowing that that you know one of the oldest Christian communities on the face of the earth is uh, the ancient church of Ethiopia. And many, many say that this Ethiopian, first Ethiopian convert takes the gospel home and shares it. And again, one of the oldest Christian communities on planet earth is in Ethiopia there. Uh, no doubt uh, started by this man who hears the gospel on the road and takes it home. That, my friends, is how the gospel gets spread. Uh, I love you guys so much. Thanks for reading with me. I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock. Tim with Tim, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 19. Acts 9, verses 1 to 19, okay? Listen, it's another beautiful day. Enjoy it. God's given it to you, so don't waste it. Enjoy it. Make the most of it. Uh, love him, serve him, and I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. Have a great day.